You're listening to episode six of the Brain BS podcast called The Most Important Relationship Ever. where you will learn how to recognize when the BS detector in your brain is sounding off and how to use that knowledge to get what you want out of life. Now here is your host, certified life coach from the Life Coach School and podcast newbie extraordinaire, Maureen Kafkas from MK Coach LLC. Hello and welcome to the Brain BS Podcast. Happy to have you back. Happy to be here. I am looking outside at about 10 inches of snow on the ground. It's beautiful, especially because I don't have to go out in it. One of the benefits of working from home. Ah, I think I would miss it if I didn't have it all the time, but I sure don't need to have it all the time, if you know what I mean. So let's see what's been going on. Well, I'll be pretty open and honest here. I thought going into recording today that it was going to be fairly easy because now I'm going into my, this is my sixth episode right now that I'm taping. It's gotten easier. I figured things out. I kind of have a system. But I find it's sort of like when you had to write a paper back in school. There's just some days when you go to do it and it just flows. And then there's some days where it doesn't. And I'm having one of those days where it's not. So this is my, I think, fourth attempt at taping this part of the podcast (laughs) and trying to get it right. I had like some sound issues that I've never had before. All of a sudden when I press record, the record's not um, responding. But the good news is, is I'm, I'm handling my brain BS. I'm not making it a problem and I'm just kind of going with it. So that's progress, right? We can't keep the brain BS from coming up, but we sure can change the way we respond to it which is the goal of this podcast is show all of you that it's possible to be an example of how I do that so that you know that you can do it too. So, okay, so let's get to today's episode, which is the most important relationship ever. So I'm wondering what relationship you think that is. Which one you think would be the most important, like maybe the mother-child relationship or the relationship with your partner Or could it be the relationship that you have with yourself? (sighs) Yes, that's the relationship I'm talking about. It's not one that we really give a whole lot of attention to or a whole lot of thought to. It's not one we really even look into. And I'm not sure that many of you even think of yourself in terms of having a relationship with you. I'm guessing when you think relationships, you're thinking other people. And that you've never really sat back and and taken a look at your relationship. But it's so important because the only way that you can have a good relationship with other people is if you have one with yourself. Okay? That's the only way. And the only way that you can believe that somebody else loves you is if you love yourself. That's why it's so important to understand this and to figure out how to develop that relationship that's going to work for you to help you get the results that you want in your life. Now, developing that relationship is going to take some time and effort, but I'm kind of going to share with you here what I believe to be three 
essentials in order to have a good loving relationship with yourself. The first thing I want to discuss is the way we talk to ourselves. I mean, have you ever really listened to the way that you talk to yourself? (laughs) We are so mean and rude to ourselves. We say the most horrible things that we would never say to anybody else to ourselves on a regular basis all day long when we're not paying attention to our primitive brain. This is this happens all the time. It especially happens with women as they're aging and we look in the mirror. We look in the mirror with disgust, self-loathing, complete intolerance for ourselves. We can't even look at our flaws. We don't even want to acknowledge that they're there. And it's not because of the way we feel about ourselves. It's because our brain is offering us that that's what other people are going to think of us. And then we agree with our brain and we we pick ourselves apart. We beat ourselves up. We actually feel like our body's betraying us just by aging when it's really sustaining us and keeping us going. This, this self-talk that we have when we're looking at our image in the mirror is probably the most prevalent one that comes up, but it's also the, the self-talk that we have when we're doing something new that we've never done before. When we mess up and we do something less per- than perfect and we call ourselves an idiot and we call ourselves a loser and oh my God, we're so bad at this. We we should have done better. We shouldn't we shouldn't have made these kind of mistakes. We should be light years ahead of where we are. Or at its worst, we actually let our self talk stop us from doing things. This is very very common. So every time we start to think that we might try to do something different, try to start you know a new business maybe, or even start a new diet. Or maybe give up alcohol and try to, you know, reduce our intake and, you know, really try to make some good changes for ourselves. Well, the first thing our primitive brain does is offer us why that is not a good idea. And we know after six episodes that the primitive brain likes to stay comfortable, doesn't like change, wants to keep us nice and safe. Well, that's what it does when, when every time you go to do something and you're telling yourself, well, I can't do that. There's no way. This is useless. I'm not smart enough. I can't. I can't. I can't figure it out. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I don't have my GED. I didn't graduate from high school. I don't have a college education. I don't know how to do anything. I don't know anything about technology. I don't know anything about computers. I don't know how to do, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Everything is, I don't know. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. So instead of trying anything, I am just going to stay right here in the cave. Thank you very much. Now imagine that same scenario if you were talking to your child, your adult child, or if you were talking to your best friend, and they came to you and they told you some of the things that they wanted to try and things they wanted to do. Now imagine if you talk to them the way you talk to yourself, right? They wouldn't be your friend for very long. I guarantee you that. I remember Dan Harris, he wrote the book 10% Happier. And my favorite line from that book was that he wanted to call his book that voice instead that voice inside my head is an asshole. And th- and it's the truth. It's not too often 
unless you've learned how to supervise your brain and really manage it and become self-aware, that your brain is going to be offering you things that make you feel good about yourself. It's almost always the opposite. So knowing that then, the question becomes, how do we change the way we talk to ourselves? Well, the first step in order to change the way you talk to yourself is to notice that you need to change the way you talk to yourself. So you have to increase your awareness and pay attention to that narrator that's in your brain that's been there for who knows how many decades, giving you crap all along, telling you all kinds of stuff that's not serving you or helping you, and you're just like eating it up. So now you have to figure out, okay, so how do I tame the beast? How do I, how do I start talking nice to myself? Because the only way, as I mentioned earlier, that you can have the kind of relationship you want with other people is if you have it with yourself. So I hate to break it to you people out there, but if you're really hard on yourself and you're really intolerant of your flaws and your imperfections and you're constantly judging yourself and beating yourself up, you're doing that to other people too. You just don't see it. But that's why you get so annoyed with other people. That's why you get frustrated. That's why you get upset. That's why you see things that they're doing and you don't understand that the reason why you can't tolerate it is because you can't tolerate that same thing in yourself. Once you get to a point where you develop a relationship with yourself that you actually talk nice to yourself and you care about yourself, then you're going to treat other people totally different. So then you're wondering, well, how do, how do we make that happen? Well, we know that thoughts create feelings that generate actions that give us our results. So if we want to create the action of positive self-talk, then it all begins with our thinking and the feelings that go behind that. So let's explore a couple thoughts that might work in this scenario to get us to talk a little bit nicer to ourselves. Maybe, I don't know, I'm a human being, so I am inherently 100% worthy no matter what I do or what I accomplish. That kind of feels good, huh? Like you should be able to talk to yourself in a nice way. Or maybe I love myself or I'm committed to loving myself. So that's going to inspire a feeling of love and get you to talk to yourself in a nice way. Whatever thought works for you. It's not my job to find your thought, right? Because I don't have your brain. So you have to do that for yourself. But pick something that inspires you to be kind to yourself. Okay, so let's move on to step number two. We've already talked about self-talk and the importance of being kind to ourselves, and that we maintain that in our tone and our conversations with ourselves. So next, we want to talk about how important it is to focus on how we show up in a situation. So that means that you give it your all. You do your best. You, you give it 100% when you go to do something. And then that way, if you come up short, you know you did your best and there's nothing else that you can do. That's going to create a totally different result than if you kind of do something half-baked and you didn't really put that much effort into it. Then when somebody calls you on that and gives you some criticism, then that's going to really get you going and because you're going to believe it yourself. So let me give you a couple examples to illustrate what I mean by focusing on how you show up. So say I have to go, um, okay, I know, I, I had to take the GRE. 
um, to to get into my doctorate program at St. Catherine University. It was required that I take it. They really didn't give much credence to the actual score, but it was part of the process and they felt like it was something that had to be done. So I ended up getting a tutor prior to taking that test. And I was very worried about it because the science and math, which I think we've covered in another episode. (laughs) Um, And you'll find out in this story that there's a reason why I covered it. And I didn't think I was smart at that. Um, But anyway, so I studied, I got a tutor. And I, I, I spent thousands of dollars on my tutor to prepare me for this test. Well, I did great in the two areas, but when it came to math, I got the lowest possible score that you could get for math. And when I went to take the test, none of it, none of the stuff that I covered with my tutor was on that test. But I didn't beat myself up. I didn't define myself by it because I knew I tried. I spent a lot of money and I spent a lot of time studying for that test. So there's a difference when you do that or when you show up for a test that you haven't prepared for at all. It's kind of hard for us to love ourselves when we don't even make an effort. Again, we sort of have to treat ourselves like we would a best friend, right? We're going to do everything we can to help ourselves out. And when we don't, that's going to feel kind of crappy. Okay, I have another example, and this one really stuck with me because this happened back like in 1983 when I lived in Denver, Colorado. I was working at Marjolaine's Restaurant, and I was dating a guy, and we, we both worked at the same restaurant, and we were in a big fight. And he was a waiter, and I was a busboy, well, bus girl. Actually, just FYI, I was the first female bus girl at the Marriott in downtown Denver. Maybe I should do an episode about that. Um, Anyway, so we were in a fight that day, but I got assigned to his station. So I had to clear all the tables. And then I had multiple other waiters that I had to clean up their tables too when the customers left. Well, I always try to do a really good job. But that day, I specifically killed myself to do a great job in his section because I didn't want to hear him give me crap about the fact that I didn't take care of his section, but I did everyone else's. And also I relied on the waiters for my tips. So, you know, it was my livelihood. Anyway, I'll never forget because at the end of the day, he looked at me and he gave me money. He slammed it in my hand and he said, but you sucked. You weren't even in my station all day. You did a terrible job. So I was like, wow, it didn't, I knew that it wasn't true because I purposely gave it my best. I did everything I could to make him feel like I was taking care of him in that day, even though we were in a fight and it didn't matter. Um, And in fact, I just have to say, this is a perfect example of how a circumstance doesn't make you feel anything because on any other day, if he wasn't mad at me and he was thinking highly of me, like he normally did, he would have thought I did an excellent job. On that day, he didn't because he had negative thoughts toward me and he was angry and he decided that I didn't do the job. But the circumstance didn't have to change. It's all about the way people think. And that day, I felt good about myself. I felt like I did everything I needed to do. So I didn't even entertain the idea that I did something wrong. I didn't doubt myself, question myself. I knew that he was the one with the problem. Okay, let's do um, one more example of how we show up. Um, the importance of that and how it contributes to us loving ourselves. 
This is sort of a different example because it's kind of pointing out how when we take the focus away from how we show up and we put it on other people, then we don't like the way we show up either. So um, let me explain that a little bit. So if if I see somebody do something, say, say um, at the life coach school, I'm watching somebody else perform and coach and they're doing a great job. They're nailing it. They look great. And then I'm kind of having negative thoughts about that. I'm kind of in a scarcity mindset at that time. And that's what my brain BS is offering me. And I'm kind of feeding into it. And I'm sort of being critical and judgmental of the other person um, where there really isn't any reason to be. Or I might be sort of envious. Then I'm not going to love the way I show up in that way. So this isn't just loving how you show up when you go to do something and complete a task or try to accomplish something. It's also loving yourself in the way you show up and the way you interact with other people. I cannot emphasize this enough. You can't pretend to be a good person. You can't pretend to have good energy. You cannot pretend to have good intentions. You might be able to fool the person that's with you, but you're not fooling the universe It's the law of attraction. What we put out there is what comes back to us. Now, the third thing that I want to talk about, the third essential element of what's necessary for us to love ourselves is to remember that we're human and that we're never going to always love the way we show up. So then what do we do when we don't love the way we show up? We forgive ourselves over and over and over and over again. We do not go back to step one and resort to negative self-talk again. We do not beat ourselves up. We do not criticize ourselves, judge ourselves, wish we were different, think there's something really wrong with us. We just simply apologize to ourselves, have our own back, forgive ourselves, and then move forward. This might seem really simple, but I assure you this is not easy. And especially to do this through the course of our lifetime and being human and knowing the things we're capable of messing up. It's just really important though. There's no way that we can love ourselves and be mean to ourselves at the same time. So that kind of that kind of leads me to another point I want to make is that When you start doing this work and you start looking at the way you talk to yourself and the relationship you have with yourself, sometimes it can make you feel pretty bad. You can be, you can feel really bad for the way you've been treating yourself and it might make you even sad. So that's okay. It's okay. It doesn't really matter what you've been doing up to this point. It only matters what you do moving forward. Treat yourself like you would your best friend. Learn how to have a relationship with yourself that's so amazing, and then you can have amazing relationships with the people around you. See you next episode. Have a great week. If what I said today resonates with you and you want to learn more about your brain, subscribe to my Brain BS podcast and check out my blog at www.mkcoachllc.com. Make sure you also subscribe to my email so you can stay updated about offers that I have and what's going on with the Brain BS community. And always remember, the only thing standing between you and the life you want is your Brain BS.